Process Dreams Podcast, Season 7, Episode 8. Kip here. I'm not solo, but Kane is not here. Recruiting how, how it goes and, and recruiting dinners with families, that, that those things have to take the priority. But I am really excited to be joined today by some really special guests. I'm going to let them introduce themselves here in a minute. But I this today's the first edition of a new tent poll for the pod. So everyone that's been listening, we've had our useful information. We've had our calling man in segments. We've had our listen up segments. We like different versions of the pod. And it also allows us to bring in different people with different expertise. This one we're, we're calling today. And I really want my guests to correct me later on if I should change it. So it's a workshop in progress. But I'd like to call this version of the pod, which is really dedicated to the KIF, our, our dad's foundation, uh, repeat, reassure, and redirect. Um, we're, we're trying to learn as much as we can as loved ones of someone suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia and, and going through some of the work and the historic guidelines for caregivers. We came across those three R's. And then we thought to ourselves, you know what? We really want to repeat and shed light on the professionals that are doing the work in this, in this battle, which is who our guests will be today. We really want to reassure listeners that are listening and, and are in similar spaces as Kane and I. And we really want to redirect them to services and redirect them to best practice information. Um, so that's where we're going. Um, but it's a really cool podcast today because I hopefully I do a good enough job letting these fantastic people share their work, share a big event coming up, and just share connection uh, for the audience out there. So, Angela, because you have the, the, the long Lincoln connection, I'll let you go first and then you can pass it and Everyone, just a quick minute on you, who you are and how you're joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Well, my connection to the Ione family is when I was in junior high, my freshman year, um, Cass Ione was my coach and he was just somebody I admired and always when I'd run into him just was so welcoming and so well thought of. Um, and so when I saw that you guys had uh, you know, read a letter from your dad on your podcast, I reached out and said, I work for the Alzheimer's Association now. So I am part of the Montana chapter back at your roots um, in the great state of Montana. And I am our development manager. And what that means is fundraising. So I um, go out and solicit funds so that we can support all the amazing work the Alzheimer's Association does um, with our programs that we offer for free, our resources. We have a 1-800 helpline that is phenomenal. It's staffed by professionals. So when you call in, you're really going to get an answer. In fact, um, I have had to utilize the 1-800 number and I don't think I've shared with you, Kip, but my stepfather uh, suffers from Alzheimer's and my mother is his caregiver up until about a month ago. So I've yeah. got to witness kind of that both sides of the care, the impact that it has not only on the individual, but on the family and the caregiver yeah. Thank to you the point. Sharing. Yeah. The point where she um, was in the hospital and almost died because oh not taking care of herself. Right. Um, so it is a really devastating disease and it just affects so many people. Yes. Thank you. Oh. Thank you for sharing that. And when you talked about letter that we read, you shared with me and Kane hasn't even seen it yet. Um, was it from a yearbook? 
that Pops wrote on there for you? He wrote that above his picture. He had amazing handwriting, didn't he? I don't know, because he didn't pass that on to me. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Thank goodness we're in the technology age, because my writing is very doctor-like and very illegible. Claire, your turn. Introduce yourself to the Cross the Streams audience. All right. Thank you, Kip. Um, My name is Claire Marshall. I'm the manager of public policy for the Alzheimer's Association Montana chapter. I'm in charge of advocacy, which is a fancy word for helping people affected by Alzheimer's share their story with elected officials in order to get really important legislation passed. Advocacy is so incredibly important. It helps the Alzheimer's Association really push their mission. I, right out of college, started a job in life enrichment in a memory care assisted living facility. And that's where I became really familiar with Alzheimer's and dementia and how it really affects people and their family members and caregivers and everyone around them. And it made me really realize that training and care and treatments, things like that all need a lot of work. And so advocacy and public policy is how we push that forward. And I am joining you from Helena, Montana, so I am in the great state of Montana, in the capital, right by the state house where I need to be. And yeah, I think that's all for me. Yes. What about you? Claire, that really made me think of when you were talking about telling stories, you know, in, in my other job and even before as a, as a coach and recruiting, it was the quickest way to a person's heart is a story. So it, it yeah. really makes me think about that in the in the work and that how you you know, laid out your your the overview of what you do. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a quote where it says any lobbyist, I can't remember it exactly, but any lobbyist who's worth anything will have constituents tell stories rather than a lobbyist just going in and saying, you know, what they want. So finding those stories and finding those raw examples of what people need is is incredibly important. Awesome. Jamie, your turn. Well, thank you so much again for um, allowing us to have this opportunity to share the great work that we're doing um, in our in our great state of Montana. Uh, my name is Jamie Funyak, and I am the executive director for the Montana chapter. Um, I will be celebrating a year on the job in just a couple weeks, so um, pretty new to the role, but uh, bring a, a strong fundraising background, which um, has served me well um, in this position because, as Angela mentioned. Uh, the key to uh, finding a cure and treatments and and doing the work that we do here in the state, everything is free of charge, costs money. And so we really rely upon the generosity of the community partners that um, we are able to partner with uh, for our our walk to end Alzheimer's and, and the longest day fundraiser, which I'm sure Angela will touch on later. Um, I I don't have a personal connection to the cause um, in terms of a family member. I do have close friends whose mothers are living um, with this horrible disease and and have seen firsthand the way um, that they are affected. And then, of course, Angela and I uh, became colleagues in October when she joined us. And unbeknownst to us, we're actually neighbors and we've become fast friends. And um, it's been really touching to watch and sad in a way to watch her go through this with her mother and her stepfather and just the the stress and um it's difficult i've watched her and um it's been i'm so happy that i've been able to be beside her um but it's it's i tell her every day she's she's got a story that she can shout from the rooftops i mean it it's been quite something to watch so i learned about the power and influence of the association when um i interviewed for the job honestly and 
Blair will talk about the Alzheimer's impact movement, our uh, policy piece of the Alzheimer's Association. And um, I'm always so proud of the work that we're doing when um, and, and was shocked to share or hear that federal research dollars have increased from nearly 500 million to over 3.7 billion in, I think, just over 11 years wow. um, because of our advocacy efforts. So we've been able to direct that money to uh, funding research, which as we all know, will be the key to finding treatments and a cure. So um, it's it's a hard job, but um, I wouldn't want to do it with anybody. But um, these other five women here in, in Montana, I'm in Billings as well. So um, we're spread out, but we get it done. And we do a lot of Zoom meetings and texting <laughs> and phone calls. And um, thankfully, we have all become uh, very good friends and colleagues um, working very hard to support each other every single day. Thank you for that, Jamie. That the the figures from five hundred million to three point five billion, it it really it, it speaks to me in terms of you know Kane and I, and I put this in kind of the the prep work for you all. Kane and I and our dad forever mm -hmm. have been in the business of building a team, mm -hmm. and really with our dad and Angela, you express you experienced this. If if somebody was going to be called a teammate, they might as well be called family. If somebody right. was going to if somebody earned friend, they might as well be called family. Um, so it, it really interests me. And Jamie, maybe you from up top and then Claire and Angela speak to it as well. You mentioned already the team that you all are a part of. And, and I think that's what a lot of our listeners are looking for for mm -hmm. themselves, because I, I think sometimes I know our mom experiences this as a caregiver. You can feel isolated. You can feel on an island. Your loved mm -hmm. one's not necessarily who they were. Um, mm -hmm. So talk about you, you did already a little bit, Jamie, but just the, the roles and the, and the inner workings of how building a team is, is so, so foundational to this. Sure. Um, we, I mean, we each have our, we're so small, uh, covering one of the largest land masses, obviously, in the country, um, but have probably the smallest if, well, second to Wyoming, probably. I think they have three people, we have six. Wow. So um, we have one program manager, one advocacy manager, um, Angela is now supported with another development manager who we just brought on board five days ago, six days ago, I think. She just completed her first week. Um, and so um, each one of us has a very special role. Our programs um, play an important role and we rely a lot upon volunteers to help deliver those. Um, we have 10 that are um, our most popular and most sought after the the 10 warning signs being one that um, mm -hmm. comes to mind, um, effective communication. Uh, there's one where um, they discuss the finances and that type of thing. So um, Melanie and, her, and she's done a really great job of um, recruiting volunteers from across the state to help. And honestly, we can't do what we do without the support of volunteers. There's no way we could afford to pay all the people to do all the work. Right. And, and honestly, volunteers play such an important part because we all come at this from uh, different backgrounds, different experiences. And so you know, you bring a volunteer into it who may be like me and not have a close family member, but may have a friend or you may a volunteer may be a caregiver whose husband or sister or 
you know, you just come at things from a different angle. And so the message that you're able to present is so unique too. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's a win-win in, in all of that. Awesome. Um, Claire talked about her time at the Capitol and as a uh, new professional to the, the advocacy realm, she has done such a great job of, um, of, meeting people, telling the story, encouraging others to tell their story. And it's just been so much fun to watch her this past year. She's also, we're all very new. Mm. Uh, And so it's been very fun to watch her um, really excel and lead and, and um, bring it all together and, and make people aware. I, I think as our team, we talk about this frequently. Some days we feel like we're just starting a nonprofit. Mm. Uh, because people really don't know what we do. And, and we say this frequently as well, that people aren't reaching out to the Alzheimer's Association um, until they're far into the journey. You know, it's one of those things yeah. that you don't know it's there till you need it. Mm-hmm. But we really need to change that perception um, for a number of reasons. I mean, early detection and um, diagnosis is key for uh, having the drugs that have just come out that I'm sure you have read about recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they are they are only effective treatments if the Alzheimer's or dementia is caught in the very early stages. Mm. So we have a lot of work to do in terms of uh, educating folks and, and insisting that they're tested and going to your doctor if there's even the slightest bit of, of wonder that you something may be a little off. And I just the stories we've heard at various conferences we've been at, I people really need to take charge of their own health as well. And you need to ask the questions and you need to not be satisfied with well, you might just have the effects of COVID. Mm. You know, we've heard things like that. And yeah. and that's not maybe it is, but if you don't feel that that's um, what it is for you, or that it may be something a little more serious or your loved ones are noticing. I really think that we need to encourage people to advocate for themselves and to demand the answers. And, you know, Montana, we don't have the ability to do a scan of the brain. Um, we don't, we have PET scans. Yes. But to scan the brain requires a very special, uh, pharmaceutical dye. Mm. And we don't have that in Montana. And so, you know, traveling elsewhere is also expensive and right. put another layer on top of what you're already going through. Right. Claire, then, I, I'm interested in, you know, you mentioned your, your background, life enhancement. Did you see yourself having to take on senators and legislatures and representatives and and, and move them towards results? How, how was that? How was that for you? How long have you been doing that? Because I, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, my gosh, that's a big lift. Yeah, absolutely. And I, to be quite honest, I had no idea that I was going to be in this role. If you told me two years ago, even that I would be, um, you know, monitoring the elections to see who wins and things like that and looking up bills, I would not believe you Um, when I started this role. So I actually met Melanie at at another job I was working at where I was also uh, working for seniors and I met Melanie and we just clicked right off the bat. That goes into the team thing. Um, 
and I wanted to volunteer for the Alzheimer's Association and maybe get my foot in the door, but it worked out so perfectly where there is an open position. And they interviewed me and they said, hey, do you have public policy background? And I said, no, I don't, but I'm willing to learn. This is something I'm so passionate about. And I see, I've seen firsthand the changes that need to be made. And so I I'm very grateful for one, but the association took me on and they were able to train me. And not only do we have an excellent team in Montana, we have an excellent team nationwide where I can reach out to someone in Colorado or someone in California or in my DC team and ask a question and people will get back to me. And we are such a strong nationwide organization that I have the support I need, even as a complete newbie to uh, the public policy realm that I'm able to jump right in. Thank you. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's awesome. You know, and, and I, as a person going through a transition, you know, 22 years of coaching and now doing consulting work and, and other things that it's interesting, the, the parallels, obviously you're doing much more important work, but like, Hey, you know what? We've been friends and I knew that your wife did PR. I'm going to need her expertise. Suddenly, you know, I, I knew you did X and I was like, Oh, cool. You want a burger? Here's a beer. I need your expertise suddenly and leaning on folks and, and, and really being appreciative for folks' willingness to, to kind of show the way as we go. Angela, on, on the development side, do you find folks in uh, attaining the funds that we know we all need? Like you guys mentioned, someone that's free definitely has a cost. Are, are you having to decipher this person is going to be moved by stats and figures? This person is going to be moved by personal testimony? Is it just a, a feel as you've done the work? Talk a little bit about that because I know that can't be easy. Well, um, I think it's a culmination of all of the above. <laughs> Any good fundraiser is going to have to read the room and <laughs> read the person in, in front of you. Um, but it really is about relationships. It's building those relationships. It's getting out and just it, talking about the disease. And it's amazing to me how now that I work with the Alzheimer's Association, when I tell people that, everybody has a story. Oh, well, my aunt suffered from that. My dad, my grandpa. Um, I am kind of floored at how many people are affected by it. Um, it, it really is a disease that impacts not, like I said before, the individual, but the family. So um, we do have a lot of great supporters. It, I've done hospital fundraising in the past, and this is a little bit different. It has looked a little bit different. Um, they rely heavy, heavily on volunteers and participants. Like we have our Walk to End Alzheimer's, which is our biggest fundraising event of the year. And um, we really rely on those people putting their teams together, getting donations, and then combining all that is um where we get our dollars for our funding for research and um, programs. Take our first break. And then I want to come back and let you all really dive into the longest day. Um, because, okay. you know, when you mentioned to me, Angela, and reaching out and connecting, you know, I can, I can get to the website, but I really want you all to tell folks about it. Cause I know it's nationwide. It's not just in one particular, it's nationwide opportunity. So let's take our first break and we'll be right back. Cass Ione Foundation exists to raise funds for Alzheimer's, dementia research, and caregiver support services, and any individuals or causes that we believe exist in line with the ethics and morality of our namesake, our dad Cass. 
We are running the Cassione Foundational Invitational Golf Tournament, July 22nd, Saturday, July 22nd, at Prior Creek Golf Course, our dad's home away from home for 30-plus years. Love to join you. Please check out our website for the foundation, CassioneFoundation.org, or register for your foursome or as a sponsor for the tournament at birdies.com backslash KIF23. All right, we're back. And Claire, maybe because you're the you're you're in the business of storytelling, we'll start with you. Folks listening that maybe heard a little bit about the longest day, but aren't quite up to speed, and everyone kick it back and forth because as the team, you guys are used to passing and, and playing off each other's strengths. But tell us what is it about? I know it's June 21st, the summer solstice. Um, you know, I know some of the taglines, you know, fight the darkness of Alzheimer's through the, the light of the brightest day. But you guys go, Claire, you start and, and let's really bring people up to date with the longest day. Yeah, absolutely. So the longest day is, like you said, on June 21st, which is the longest day, the summer solstice. And we say the day with the most light is the day we fight. And that's because for a caregiver or something, someone living with Alzheimer's, any day can feel like a terribly long really hard day. So we pick that day. Um, what I love about the longest day is that it's, you can volunteer any way you want. Last year I did archery, people run, hike, anything they want. And it's so fun. Um, and I'll pass it on to Angela and see if she wants to talk a little more about it. Well, I love that Claire brought up all those ideas because really what the longest day is, it's about turning your passion really into a purpose. And so taking what you're passionate about and, um, just, doing a call to action to do, join the Alzheimer's Association and um, raise significant funds. It's all about awareness too, but raise those important funds. Um, we have people in our community now that are planning some really big events during the longest day. In fact, we've been in contact with our mayor and he is going to declare the longest day Alzheimer's awareness. So we're pretty excited about that. We have a lot of our um, memory care, retirement um, communities that are going to do a lot of community events in support of that day. Um, we have people doing bingo. We have people doing um, like a big barbecue and just what they're asking for is donations to those events. Um, and that is what brings in the money. So like Claire said, anything that you're passionate about, we have an individual that's passionate about yoga. And so they're going to do yoga. They did yoga last year, um, had an open class, did a Facebook live, and then people could join or donate. It's pretty amazing. That's a, it's an amazing idea in, because, you know, so many of these have in across all these great causes that we all have been exposed mm -hmm. to, are like, hey, if this you're gonna do this one thing that we picked, and that will be the driver of the day. This, like Claire, you said archery, and mm -hmm. then I was like, huh? How does it? That's <laughs> that's amazing. Like it is a real, like you guys mentioned, it is. There's really no excuse not to, since you get to pick the activity. Absolutely. It took me a bit when I first started to wrap my head around it. I'm like, oh, no, wait a minute. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. like, you don't have like one direct focus, but like you said, it's really genius. It really gets everybody involved and the fundraising efforts are celebrated to shine the light on Alzheimer's disease and, and all other really, Oh, sorry, Angela. Oh, no, go no. ahead. 
A really important part too, I don't know if this was mentioned, but Facebook fundraising, there's a really easy way mm -hmm. to set up a Facebook fundraiser when you sign up for the longest day. And I have received funds from people who I haven't spoken to in years and they see on my feed that I'm doing something for Alzheimer's and they donate. So it takes out half the work of, of asking people for money when you're able to just post it to your newsfeed. And for archery, I had a bunch of fun videos. I roped my fiance into it because he also does archery. And we had a little back and forth competition and I did little live videos and seeing people seeing that on their screen might think, Oh, that's really fun. I'm going to donate $10. And if you know, 10 people see that you have a hundred dollars right off the bat. And Claire, if you have like instructions or a link to instructions to set that up, we can share that as well when we post this episode. So, so folks can get, I was just in a, a class today where like, Hey, post to our Facebook, do a live to our Facebook private group. And I had to go ask my wife, what, how do I do this? What, what, yeah. what am I doing? Um, Jamie, I've seeing this, all the, uh, you know, building, everyone will see, like, hopefully they'll, you guys, I'm sure you guys do a great job of pubbing the results, right? And hopefully it's a, it's a ton of money, the logistics and the planning and the buildup. I'm imagining it's got to be a little more complicated since there's so many different things that could be happening. It's not a central location. Like all the runners are coming to this one <laughs> spot. We do have some very ambitious uh, volunteers who um, decided they we needed our first annual golf tournament. So we are doing that in June, on June 21st here in, in Billings at Prior Creek. Um, and that's been awesome working with them. And they have literally taken it and run with it. I was glad Claire mentioned the Facebook um, fundraiser because I... I struggle with, I am definitely not into archery. I would hurt myself. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. But that Facebook fundraiser is, was incredibly easy for me. And I set one up in the week or two after I started and raised money. But that's the nice thing, as Angela said, you really don't have to oversee anything because people are literally doing what they want and what they're passionate about. We have a gentleman here in Montana, Angela, is he doing a bike or a, or a hike? No, he's doing a hike. He's located. Um, he, Edward Jones is a national sponsor of the Alzheimer's association. And we just can't thank them enough for their support. Um, he is actually um, an Edward Jones employee and he is going to hike 50 miles of the Bob Marshall wilderness to shine light on Alzheimer's. And so leading up to it, he has a website and he's been doing different um, posts to bring awareness and shine light on the disease. That's so his um, wife is going to be doing some Facebook lives during that. Amazing. So and he has some lofty goals. He does. He'd like to raise $25,000. Oh my goodness gracious. So wow. And the longest day is a, it's a national fundraiser and it is absolutely amazing to see what people do. There was one woman in, um, oh, I don't know, some, some Eastern state. And she did the world marathon challenge, which is a, a seven marathons in seven days on all seven continents. And I followed her along on social media. Wait, and I really, like she's um, alive. She's uh, alive. I just, well, I she even her, no, flu. it wasn't. I think it was in January. <laughs> oh my I think goodness. It was. She and the poor woman got the flu partway through, didn't she, Claire? Yep, she was sick yeah. as a dog still. And she was like, I'm still going to go. I'm not wow. giving up. And um, I can barely run three miles. Right. So, <laughs> We're talking about somebody that deserves a statue. Goodness. Oh, gracious. my goodness. So people, it really how devoted people are to, to find yes. care. And disease. you mentioned websites. Um, when you register for the longest day, they, um, are really good about supporting 
what your mm. needs are as much or as your little setup as you, that you need. Yes, absolutely. So they can walk you through setting up different live events or set up your Facebook feed to request, you know, donations for the event you're doing. So everything that you need, it they make it very simple and streamlined. And it's very important too to add to that setting things up online or Facebook. It's very important to go through that portal and not set up your own mm. because it goes off into the somewhere. Uh, right. <laughs> so right. when folks make donations. So thank it, you for pointing that it's out. It's very, it's very streamlined for sure. And very important that you just click the buttons and it it it's very easy to set up. If you guys, and I know I sent this earlier, each of you maybe take a take a swing at this, either like, hey, this is my envisioned, this is the goal I see for either the Montana chapter in, in the results of the longest day or nationwide, or even like, hey, if I could major, wave a magic wand, this is what this is going to help us do, you know, for, for people to be motivated for, for where this effort and where these funds are headed. I would say um, for me, is really always, I mean, funds are needed. Claire, on that, and we'll, Angela, we'll come back to you. You can finish that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So mine's not really longest day related, but if I could wave a magic wand, I think I would make everyone um, aware of Alzheimer's and show everyone the toll that it's taking on people nationwide, worldwide, um, especially in Montana in a rural state. So I think bringing awareness mm. and education and getting rid of the stigma right now, mm. there's a really negative stigma around Alzheimer's and dementia. And if I could wave a magic wand, I would get rid of that and have everyone be aware of Alzheimer's and able to to uh, use right information and, and educate one another. So that's what I would wish Thank for. You. Thank you. Cla uh, Jamie. I would um, wish for uh, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid to uh, approve these drugs and actually give people the opportunity to take them um, if they decide with their care provider that this is what will help them. This is crazy that we have FDA approved drug and well, a couple now, um, but the one that came out last week is the one that is the strongest phase three trial that has ever been done. And nobody can take it because the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid will not pay for it. The only FDA approved drug that has not passed that. And that is crazy. Thank that you for crazy. illuminating that because I know as a family member that has read just enough to be dangerous in that, right. in that realm. Thank you for mm -hmm. like, how can my pops not get to this? Like, what is the holdup? Right. If we decide as a family to try, thank you for, I'm sure a lot of folks have that. They read it or they see it on Twitter. Or right. someone sends them that because they know you're in the struggle and right. then they don't know where the roadblock is. Thank right. you. I also want to add, it's not just those drugs. It's right now, as I'm recording this, it is the entire class of drugs. So let's say a drug comes down the pipeline and it's even better than the, than the newest trials. The, the entire class of drugs is not going to be covered by CMS until they reverse their decision. And if you guys are listening and, and this is still an issue, you can text the word treatments to 52886. And that is a petition to be sent to President Biden. And hopefully by, by then this is not an issue and is the thing of the past. But if it still is, um, treatments to 52886. I'm about to do that right now. Well, you guys. Oh, good for you. Yes, yes. Everyone sign it. No, that is amazing. The Angela, did you, did, you, did it come I back? Do. To you? <laughs> <laughs> I did. As I'm talking about all the money, no. Um, <laughs> 
you know, so important, the drugs and that on a personal side, just having a place when you do make that decision that it's time for maybe your loved one to go into a memory Mm. care facility, that that's more readily available and available to everybody. Thank Um, you for that. Yes. That I, I am dumb. I'm, I'm like physically angry for you all for just Jamie, how you laid it out in terms of the, 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 the hugeness of the state. The right. And six of you. There are six of us. Yes. So in the fundraising, the- can mm-hmm. that be applied towards staffing? I know obviously research and it, can that be applied later? Like eventually if it gets to the, the level you need. Well, and part of the funding that and the fundraising that we're doing does pay for us to be the boots on gotcha. the ground in Montana. Gotcha. It does. Yes. Our our state, I mean, we're we're small but mighty. Mm-hmm. And um when we uh you know, a portion of what we raise goes to the research and um to help support the work that we're doing on the ground, but also then um, supports us being here. So yes, gotcha. part of the fundraising does does pay for us to be gotcha. here. No, huge and and absolutely deserved. I, I you know I've I've spent a lot of time with with the, the character development I stuff do in the in the in the lane of sexual assault prevention, domestic violence prevention, and it's an unfortunate. I'm I'm assuming you all run into these same hurdles of well this this quality work for societal change. You can't be rich doing it. Well, I mean, right. I don't think anybody's trying to be, but we got to take care of the families while we're right. going about this. So, um, Claire, I know you sent a great question my way that I hadn't thought of, and you just gave some of them, and all of you, feel free. If they, Are there resources that people are missing out on that are currently living, Andrew, like your story, our situation, who have loved ones, and they're just like, hey, you might not know this exists. You might be hesitant to call. You might be hesitant to contact. I know that was our family for a long time. Well, we can handle this early part. Grandma had it in the 80s, so we kind of know what we're doing. No, you don't. You, you don't until you go talk to people and you find that connection piece too, which can be so uplifting. So all three of you, what, what are some things you hope people can, you know, if they listen and they only hear the last five minutes, they can get access or connection to help? I would say our 1-800 number, because I've yep. personally used it and I can give it to you. It's one 800 272 3900. So 1-800-272-3900. Um, I just think that it is phenomenal help and they're going to get your problem solved and direct you and they follow up with you too, which I thought was really fabulous just to make sure of where you're at because everybody's journey is so different. Like you yeah. said, Oh, my grandma back in the eighties, I have this, I, it going through it now, everybody's journey is so different. And the person living with Alzheimer's, they all are different and it affects mm-hmm. everybody, you know, in a different way. Yeah. Thank you for that. Awesome. Great share. Jamie or Claire? I think, um, I want, whoops, go ahead, Claire. I just want to echo what Angela said. Um, we have another staff member who's called the helpline and I know it's an 800 number and people might feel a little weird about calling an 800 number, but we promise it's master's level clinicians on the other end. Mm. It's questions I hear all the time. That's their job is to be there for um, people who need help. And our our other coworker called, has called and just cried. And it's a friendly ear on the other line that walks you through any situation you might have. And it's not just for caregivers, it's for any family members, any loved ones of people living with dementia. If anyone just wants to learn about it or learn about resources, that number is what it's for. 
Thank you, Jamie. I would I would um, also uh, agree with what Claire said with the building of awareness, and that also goes into our health systems um, in terms of needing to prioritize screening and diagnostic. And and the the sad reality is we don't have enough geriatricians in our state to cover all of the thousands of people that are living with that. I mean, we're at over 22,000 in Montana right now. And in the next three years, that is expected to top over 27,000. Wow. So we need, again, back to back to my rant. I get on that no, very I love easy. it. That's what we're and for. It wasn't, it wasn't even the Let question. Them know. But, um, you know, we need to advocate for ourselves and we need, we need to demand that we're getting the right testing and and asking the questions and and if there's just a little slight bit of could this or could this not be you have to you can't wait i mean we are on the the verge of these great treatments um but if you're not diagnosed and it's not a real thing in your life just yet, the treatments aren't going to help. And further back to the part where um, they're not, as Claire said, the whole class of drugs aren't being approved. And every day that those aren't approved, 2000 people move from being early onset to being too late for the treatments to actually work. 2000 people every day. That's and, that, that, and, and you multiply, in my mind, the family members that how are you going to sit with yourself right. knowing that window was there? Right. right? Knowing, right. Oh, man. Thank you for that. That is so what where can people help you? People, Claire, for you, where is the advocacy you need from the public? Is that with their elected representatives? And I know the connotations that come with trusting public officials, especially mm -hmm. in, in our in the state you all live in and where I grew up. But where is that push? To help demand exactly what you're saying, Jamie. Claire, go ahead. You the big push. Expert. The big push right now on the on specifically on treatment is to the excuse me the presidential administration. So President Biden and and CMS um, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which is under DPHHS. Um, so we're we're having a huge push right now. So nationwide, that's our big push. Every state has a state policy person. So there's different issues in every state. I think if people want to advocate and share their story, reach out to your to your local chapter, which wherever you may be, and the public policy person in, in that state will help you and guide you. I want to say that advocacy, we help you along the way. We're not just gonna drop you in, you know, a hearing or anything like that. It's we're here to help you and to guide you and and help you share your story. And also anyone who's listening, if Alzheimer's is a new topic to you and you didn't know about these, these resources that we provide, code tell 10 people and then tell those 10 people to tell 10 people. And I think it's so important right now that we just get the word out and we push really hard against CMS to get this coverage. And even after, if hopefully CMS decides to cover this drug, there's still gonna be tons of work to do. And when it comes to funding and research and things like that. So our fight is not over until we find a cure. So just gather the masses as well as you can and, and start your fight. There's a lot of work also that goes on on Twitter. Um, that is a very popular platform. And um, whether it's the Alzheimer's Impact Movement, the AIM, um, or the Alzheimer's Association, um, Alzheimer's Montana, Claire, what else, what am I missing um, that people can go to and follow and then retweet? And a lot of times, Claire, do you have um, links that people can um, then 
connect that will automatically send a message. So So it's very easy. Twitter for me is one of my favorite ways to engage in advocacy because people have Twitter and they check Twitter. And so the Alzheimer's Impact Movement really quickly is the sister organization of the Alzheimer's Association. It allows us to have a public or a uh, political stance on things. And that Twitter handle is at ALZ Impact. And I can send that to you, Kip, if you want to, if there's any way you can. Yes, Twitter is like my second home in both good and bad. But please send (laughs) it to me and we will. I'm about to follow you all right now. That's where I'm headed right now. Yes, this has been amazing. Um, I, I I would love to follow up, you know, in in ways Kane and I can help, you know, ways that the, our foundation can help support you all. Get, I mean, just Jamie, when you're going, all of you, just sharing your stories. I'd love to have that at our tournament with folks, because as much as it is a we're 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 embracing, you know, our dad's impact in the community and want to have a great time. I want people to leave there impacted. I want them to leave there with the work you all do and and folks like you do in the community and they can help. You know, I think that's one of the frustrating things for us being time zones away, man, how can I do anything for mom? How can I do anything, you know, without, because my three kids, as much as they love Papa, I don't think they want me to move in the middle of their sophomore year of high school. So this (laughs) is, you know, knowing that people like you were on the ground really warms my heart and I got to help you. I got to find ways to support you. Um, so all those links, all those ways, we will put this up uh, when we post the video, the the episode on our Twitter, on our Instagram um, and on our YouTube stuff. So thank you all three of you for being here and good luck and all the positive vibes and Angela and your struggle as well. I'm with you. Thank all you. positive, all positive energy and flow to you and, and trying to find peace when you can. It's, 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 it's just us, baby.